Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hey, everybody. On today's show of Think Yourself Healthy podcast, I have a special guest. His name is John Kim, also known as the Angry Therapist. He is a published author, a licensed therapist who pioneered the online life coaching movement eight years ago after going through a divorce. He started a blog called The Angry Therapist and quickly built a devoted following of fans who loved the frank and authentic insights that he freely shared on social media. He pulled the curtain back and showed himself by practicing transparency and showing his story, something therapists are taught not to do. Kim became known as an unconventional therapist who worked outside the box by seeing clients at coffee shops, on hikes, and in gyms. He quickly built a coaching team of his own and launched a sister company called JRNI, creating a new way to help people help people. He is now changing the way we change by sending daily text and running virtual live wellness classes in the TAT Lab. Pretty awesome. I'm so excited to chat with you today, John. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, spend with with myself and the listeners. So not only do you have all of that going on, but you also have a new project in the works that just launched this week, and it's a new dating app. Yeah. Thank you for having me, by the way. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, Yeah, it's it's a new dating app, but it's also a new kind of dating app. Uh, and it's not, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're just a little garage band, you know, it's not like this big corporation that's producing something. Um, but it came from actually, uh, me helping mostly women in the last decade, um, women in their like late twenties and, and on, um, uh, mostly frustrated with the uh, swipe culture, dick pics, you know, uh, filtered photos, catfishing, all the stuff that comes with the, the toxic dating landscape these days. And I thought, man, and I just had a daughter. So I thought, um, I, what can I do to contribute, uh, you know, to, to do something? Um, so I have a book coming out called Single on Purpose. And I thought, um, more than a book, what about an app? And then and let's try to uh, change it by um, having it video only where you have to show yourself. And let's see if we can get real people um, being real. Yeah, I love it. Well, I myself have been single for the last decade. I got divorced in 2010. So I know personally the struggles of being a single female. Also, not just being a single female, but being an entrepreneur and, you know, owning my own business, having very limited time to go out and put myself out there to meet people. Yeah. So it's definitely been a challenge. And so when I found out about this app, um, I was super excited and wanted to pick your brain to kind of talk about, um, you know, what the potential, you know, how, what the vision is that you see for this app and how it's going to change dating culture, which yeah, I'm super um, excited it, about. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how it's going to change dating culture, the very, um, that's a very, uh, uh, intimidating, a powerful statement. I mean, that would be amazing. Wait a minute. Coming from the angry therapist, intimidated. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for uh, checking my mindset. You're right. It, how, how is this going to change the dating landscape? Um, I, I, I think uh, uh, we've become baseball cards. 
Mm -hmm. I think that um, um, swiping and filters have turned us into, has kind of dehumanized us, right? So, um, I mean, anyone can can shoot a beautiful photo, right? Depending right. on the angle and not. And then you can present yourself in a way that's not true. And so then you just have a lot of people um, putting up posters and baseball cards, mm -hmm. and that's not what real love is. And then when they meet, they're usually disappointed. Um, there's some kind of lopsided, you know, dynamic happening and then um, hurt feelings, you know, and then feeling discouraged. And then this is where it gets dangerous. Then you internalize, right? Then you feel like, oh, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not pretty enough or tall enough or whatever enough. Mm -hmm. And then so it just adds to our insecurity, you know, Absolutely. And when you scale this and now you have uh, millions of people going through this, I don't know how dating can be fun. Right. <laughs> you know, so my whole thing is like, let's shatter our veneer. Let's mm -hmm. um, try to pull from our authentic self. Uh, let's show up on video because on video, you can't really hide, you know, right. it's like, this is who I am. Here's my personality, here's my energy. Um, these are, you know, this is the proportions of my eyes and my face. Um, and I think that's kind of, a, especially today with technology, mm -hmm. um, you could do it where it's more of an accurate version. You know, there's no false advertising. Right. No, and I love that. I think that that's such a great concept to work into this whole environment of dating, especially the online dating. Um, it was funny because maybe about three, four weeks ago, I got to a point where I was like, I think with, you know, being locked indoors for the last six mm -hmm. months, it's like, yeah. how the hell am I going to go out and meet people? Like, where right. do I even begin at this point? And so I downloaded uh, Bumble. And so there I am, you know, ashamed of myself for downloading the app again. And I hop on there and swipe and swipe and I'm like, oh gosh, what am I doing? This is just not what I want. How am I going to find that authentic person? These are just posters of what they want us to believe they are. And I had flew home. I, I grew up in the Midwest. And so I had flown home. And the next morning I woke up and I had all of these messages in like my Instagram box mm -hmm. and in my Facebook messages asking if I was home. And I was like, oh shit, how does, how do people know I'm home? Because I didn't tell anyone it was going to be a quick in and out. I didn't want people knowing. And then I realized, oh, my app, Bumble. People mm. took screenshots of my Bumble profile and then sent it to me saying, Hey, we found out you're home because it's, you know, you're showing up in our search due to location. Oh, wow. I immediately, immediately deleted it. And mm -hmm. so after that, I was talking to a daughter, one of my daughters and I was like, you know, I'm just at a loss. I, I am a more of a conscious individual who's really into doing the healing work and trying mm -hmm. to embrace vulnerability. And I'm looking for real men who are equally into the same kind of things. Yeah. And I just don't know where to go. And then I was scrolling and I think it was one of your posts popped up and it was like, let's twirl. And I'm like, what is this? And so it immediately caught my attention. And then the more I read into it, I was like, this is what I've been dreaming of. So wait a minute. So are, am I here because of twirl? Is that how you found me? Not the angry therapist? No. So I've okay. been following you from the angry therapist oh, okay, for it. a really long time. Okay. But I love, I love this concept that yeah. you're taking the therapy and you're trying to incorporate it into the dating world so that right. we can 
take away this toxicity mm -hmm. that we have been consumed with. I think that a lot of us um, go into the dating with kind of this really sour taste in our mouth. And yeah. we have these predetermined expectations based on past experiences. Mm -hmm. There's been many times I've met someone through, you know, Bumble or Tinder or whatever, met up with them, had a great time, and then they ghost me. Yeah. Or right. they ghost you in the inbox. And, right. and then I've sat there and I'm like, wait a minute, this dude was like, so into it and the chemistry was great and I don't yeah. even understand what's happening here. There's a so, lot of people hiding. There's a lot of people not being honest. And also I think because of things like um, swipe culture, uh, you know, bump all the apps, mm -hmm. um, you know, while you're on a date and your date is in, in the restroom, if you're not feeling it, you could literally go and swipe and find someone else. And it gives us the illusion that, um, that, that people are like, uh, like condiments. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're just, you know, the grass is greener. And then, and, and, you know, I wonder what else is out there. Um, it prevents us from choosing to love someone and then swimming past the breakers with them, um, mm -hmm. rolling up our sleeves and building something. Uh, Susan Piver says that there's a difference between falling in love and having a relationship. Mm -hmm. And falling in love is easy. You know, I could fall in love with someone every day, uh, but that's very different than building a relationship. Right. So with Twirl, I want to have conversations about um, building a relationship. I want to have conversations about uh, what you're afraid of and attachment styles and all the stuff that we don't usually talk about mm -hmm. on a dating app. Right. Um, because I think if we front load that, then we can be honest. We could start there. Uh, and also, it's not about finding someone. It's more about um, connecting to yourself. And, and, and by doing so, if you happen to meet someone, great. Mm -hmm. And so with Twirl, as you can see, when you um, answer questions, they're, they're both genders, you know, mm -hmm. um, you could be a heterosexual male, but also uh, commenting uh, to another man just because the question's interesting without any kind of intention or attraction. That's okay, too. So, right. Yeah. I like that idea. I think that that's really powerful for um, that kind of concept. I know for myself, I tend to be more attracted to personality than aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And so when you're, you know, going through swiping, you're seeing right. pictures you're seeing and they may not be the most yeah. attractive guy. And so yeah. you're like right there in that moment, having to make a decision. I'm always generous. <laughs> I'm always like, yeah. all right, I'll just swipe everyone and then give everyone a fair chance. But right. um, I think that there's a lot of people out there who maybe wouldn't take that approach and really miss out on opportunity meeting someone that they could potentially have a connection with, but isn't as aesthetically pleasing, you know? Yeah. So I That's I, a really good point you just mentioned that um, um, in a photo uh, or like a 30 second clip or whatever, you, you, you don't get a sense of their personality, their energy. Um, you get a sense of, you know, their, the color of their eyes and, right. and, and, and body shape, et cetera. Um, and that's so two dimensional. That's the cardboard cutout instead of, uh, because what you need to build anything or for, for it to move further is of course, personality, humor, how they carry themselves, like, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I want to take it back a little bit and I want to go back to the birthing of the angry therapist. Mm -hmm. I have 
an immense amount of respect for you for being mm. able to step out of the box and recognize that our current therapy culture was not working and that we needed to take a different approach, being able to reach people where they're at and being able to support them on the level that they truly need the support. Yeah. So how difficult was it for you to step out of that, um, of, you know, out of the, the circle of therapist and create a new avenue that I'm sure many, many peers probably criticized and judged initially when you decided to take this leap of faith. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about this. It wasn't something that I planned. Um, it was a promise I made to myself that I couldn't break. So part of it was, uh, I think if I wasn't going through a divorce and rebuilding myself, I don't think I would have had the courage to do anything different. I would have just became sheep and just mm -hmm. went with the flow. Um, but because I was uh, going through my own rebirth and I had just got a divorce, um, had no, no friends, no money. I just had myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I told myself because I'm starting over, um, I'm going to make this promise to myself. And that promise is, um, I'm going to try to stand on my truth this time. I'm going to not exchange my truth for membership. I'm not going to seek approval validation. I'm just going to be me. Let's see what happens. I have nothing to lose anymore. I'm already at rock bottom, right? And I was 35 at the time. Um, and as I started to work in the clinical world, I felt this isn't me. You know, I, I, I can't wear the wrinkle-free pants and sit in an, in an office um, and just do therapy you know, session after session, I said, I wanted to um, play with my Legos. I yeah. wanted to uh, get on the internet. I wanted to uh, live at the intersection of um, tech and wellness and work in unconventional ways. That was exciting. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, let's just do that. But it went against a lot of the clinical board stuff, right? right. Um, I don't know what the, the rules are now, but back then you couldn't do this kind of Zoom, Skyping, a no-no. Right. Um, and I was like, why? It's such, a, it's such a huge, powerful tool to reach someone instantly around the world. Um, so I called myself a coach. Uh -huh. When you're a coach, there's no board. And then I was like, okay, now, now let's play. And so um, I started doing internet sessions, online sessions, uh, met people at the coffee shop. I went casual for clinical, just rode my Harley with my holes in my, my jeans and <laughs> t-shirt. Um, and I just was myself, you know, mm -hmm. I took walks around this lake in Silver Lake. It was an exactly 50 minute walk. And uh, then I felt like I wasn't pushing a mail cart uh, at the Daily Planet. I felt more like Superman. You know, I felt mm -hmm. like I found my phone booth. Right. I love it. And I can relate to your story. I went to school to be a registered dietitian nutritionist and mm -hmm. I'm, you know, you go through, you take your board, you become licensed, and then you are basically bound to ways yeah. that you have to practice. Right, and right. so I myself was working in the clinical world and I felt like my soul was being robbed daily. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something that was fulfilling my passion, which is the whole reason I got into this work. I wanted to really be able to help people. And I recognized I couldn't help them the way that I needed to, or the way that they needed me to support them based off of the clinical recommendations and typical practices. So I think it was 2015 myself, I stepped out and said, I'm going to do this whole internet, you know, online coaching um, model and be able to really provide the support that individuals need to make the change.
Yeah. And so and, and, you know, 10 years ago when I was, when I was doing this, um, it, it was, you know, life coaches weren't really a thing. I mean, unless you were Tony Robbins. Right. Um, and also, uh, it, it wasn't, the technology wasn't quite there. Everyone was on dial up still. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the webcams that were outside the camera. Oh yeah. And, uh, but now, you know, now it's like, um, it's all headed that way. Now it's more than just a swell. I feel like there's a wave and, uh, we, we, we now care about, uh, um, who you are more than the letters that your name. We mm-hmm. want you to be transparent and vulnerable. Um, and I think that, uh, that's what people want. So I don't know what's going to happen in the clinical world if that's going to somehow change, you know, the temperature of um, a therapist. Um, but I'm, I can't, I just want too far to go back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, again, I applaud your bravery and also giving permission to others to do it. I um, have a very close girlfriend who's been trying to take her boards for the last five years, hasn't been able to pass her test and she's been having to work underneath someone else completely devastated. She's like, you know, what am I going to do? I've spent seven years doing education and then trying to practice and I can't get licensed. What am I supposed to do? And I said, well, maybe this is, you know, the time that you get to think this is redirection, not, you know, rejection. And I feel that with the paradigm shift we're having right now as a society, we're going to need more people to step up and have the bravery to leave these disciplines that aren't necessarily providing the support and help individuals truly need at where we're at in this time. Yes. Um, if you're uh, fire in your belly, if your passion um, is honest and, and it's, a, it's a bonfire, um, I say hop the fence. Do what you need to do to get out there instead of allowing um, certain confines to, um, keep you, uh, and your potential down. Mm, Right. So I have another question for you. As I shared earlier, I've been single for quite some time. I spent 17 years with my, um, ex-husband and I basically at 33 years old, when I got divorced, I had never dated. I came out into the market. Pardon me? Is that married young, I'm assuming? I did, yeah. We we got together when I was 17, had our first child by 19. Oh, so wow. Okay. So owned yeah. our first home at 20, started yeah, a business. You went to, um, you were, the whole picket fence thing very quickly. Yes, very yeah. much so. So is the dream for many people. Right, it is. And, it, you know, that was a, I, I'm so grateful for that portion of my life, being mm-hmm. able to stay home and nurture my children and all of those things. So grateful for it. But at 33, I was in the midst of going through a master's program, being single mom, having to work nights, bartending, and working a full-time clinical job. I I was like dating, right? How do I do it? So for me, I was only able to use apps to meet people. And unfortunately, what I thought I was getting into ended up turning into something completely different down Mm -hmm. the road. Mm -hmm. But because... I couldn't see individuals as frequently because I'm doing the every other weekend, I have free time. Mm -hmm. This drew out the process of me being able to really see who these individuals were, right? Right. right. And then it was devastation. um, It's like long distance almost. Exactly. Pieces of them and also on their best behavior. You're not seeing the dirty socks on the floor as I call it. Right. And so I had really gotten attached to outcome potentials with Mm -hmm. relationships. Um, I recently was doing a long distance relationship and ultimately 
quarantine happened, borders get shut down, and it created a lot of stress for the relationship. And so we both recognized this wasn't working. But I was very devastated because I was so attached to the outcome potential of this relationship. And I know that there's a lot of women specifically and men who do suffer with this expectation kind of, you know, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but having these expectations and being attached to the outcomes. So what advice do you have for individuals like myself who are struggling with that in the dating world? Yeah. Um, so a lot of, uh, again, especially women, um, 30 ish and more, uh, mm -hmm. older, they, uh, they have this whole ticking clock thing, which is fair, right? Society, all of that. Um, I think one of the, the, and this is not easy to do, so I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that it's easy. Um, because, because, you know, we want to share our lives with someone. Mm -hmm. um, we want to put ourselves out there. We want to love again. We want to redefine what love looks like, give ourselves new experience. And especially someone like you who got uh, married early. It's like, mm -hmm. so what was stripped from you was your, your entire 20s. So, right. um, and you know, I've only been in relationships too. And what was stripped from me was um, um, singlehood. So mm -hmm. um, exploring everything from like sexuality, because in your 20s is when you experiment, right? So right. like- I didn't um, do any of that. <laughs> doing any of that either so like having a one night stand like um meeting someone at a bar and whatever all the stuff that mm -hmm. you learn uh, through experience in your 20s all that is, was taken from you so um and maybe the word is not taken from you but you didn't get to experience that so right. you just went from being a wife and mom to now uh trying to find a, a partner mm -hmm. um and so it, that's hard like where do you start Hi, there's no runway it's like okay <laughs> right um, so I think there's a lot of people right now in your position. I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who got married and had kids early, mm -hmm. um, and they're gr they're glad they did that because now they're young moms and 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 and, and you know they did all, all the uh, raising. Now their kids are older, so they don't have to. Now they can go play. I guess right. Mine are 24 and almost right. 20. You know, yeah. I'm I've like got a whole life now to live. <laughs> yeah. So that's like a gift, and so they're going through this kind of rebirth. They're going through, okay, now that I have raised my children and they're adults, now it's time to make it about me. Right. I am ready to uh, love again or find someone new. And then it's like, okay, how do I do this? Well, there's a few apps where people are going to be false. And then um, you're going to get, you know, dick pics in your email and, uh, you know, whatever, catfish and all this stuff. Um, that's it. What else, what other choice, especially with COVID, like what you, you, you're, you're just like, Oh, what else can I do? So I think, I think it's all about, um, attracting instead of chasing. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the tone with twirl as well. Um, you're not shooting in, in, uh, your arrow into someone's heart. Like you're not, your crossbow isn't cocked and you're not desperately searching for someone, uh, mm -hmm. because I think that's chasing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you're attracting and, and the way that you attract is to build a better relationship with you, you know, yeah. um, do all the things that you've always wanted to do that you couldn't because you were a mom or you were married or you were in something or whatever the reason. Right. Right. Um, and I think as you start to, uh, get, a, get, I'm not saying you don't have a life, but get a life, build your empire, do whatever you want to do, whatever lights you up. Mm -hmm. Cause now's the time, you know, when you have single, you don't have any obligations to someone. Um, then you become attractive. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, then you're also going to track like-minded people. So whatever you're interested in, whether it's wellness, 
yoga, meditation, CrossFit, I don't know, whatever, but um, using those communities and that lifestyle uh, to draw in that kind of like-minded person, I think mm-hmm. is powerful. Um, and then I think you, then, then it's like, I feel like the universe filters people for you. <laughs> yes. So instead of like shotgun, it's more like sniper. Right. Like me connecting to myself. If I find someone who deserves me, then I will give my attention there. And if I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep connecting to me, you right. know, I'm always going to be with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other part of this is when you do find someone, um, you're bringing so much more to the table. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is, uh, and this is why my new book's called single on purpose. It's not an anti-relationship book. It's a pro relationship with self. Oh, I like um, that. When you are single and this is probably also society pressure, ticking clock, everything, you're like, okay, I need to find someone. I need to find someone. And many people just jump into things very fast. Mm-hmm. They negotiate, they compromise. Um, the only thing that changes is faces, but they haven't really changed. So all the patterns are still there. I think you have to um, stop that pattern. Mm-hmm. And it might be dating someone that isn't your type. It might be, you know, I, I'm a big fan of this idea of creating a new love experience. I like that. I have a brief interruption to bring today's special sponsor guest, our new partner, Waku. If you've ever tasted kombucha and found the taste to be a bit too, hmm, I don't know, strong, but you love the idea of improving your gut health, then you will love Waku. They have come up with six refreshing tonics that not only are tasty, but also help support your gut health. Waku is a sort of herbal tea with similar health benefits of kombucha, but not as strong of a taste. It's a delicious choice to cool down in the summer, and here's the best part. Waku is offering a free trial for a six-pack of tonics. That's right, you drink for free and only pay for shipping. Simply text the word DRINK, D-R-I-N-K, to 474747. And get a link to get your free trial pack. So text the word DRINK to 474747 for your free trial pack. I'm really glad that you brought that up because back to the expectation thing, when I got divorced, one of the things I said to myself was, well, I better do this now while I'm still young and still Mm -hmm. stand a chance, right? right? And so the expectation that I had was that I would very quickly find someone, end up getting remarried. We'd probably blend a family and we'd Mm -hmm. live happily ever after. So when my 10 year divorce anniversary was coming up and I was doing some reflecting and I'm going, wait a minute, I'm still single. It's been a decade. I never in a million years imagined that I would have spent an entire decade by myself. Mm -hmm. And so I was reflecting on this and thinking, why did I think that it was supposed to be this this way that I would get remarried? And I realized it was because in my environment, that's what I saw. I would see people get divorced and then within a matter of three months, six months, sometimes two weeks, they would already have someone else. They'd be starting a whole nother family. And then all of the problems that existed in their initial marriage resurfaced and we're still there. And so having that epiphany for me was a big deal because it allowed me to release the, the shame and the, and the 
I, almost like an embarrassment I felt because people would be like, Heather, you're beautiful. You're so educated. You're down to earth. You know, all of these great attributes that they, and they were like, I don't understand why you're single. Mm -hmm. And I realized I'm single on purpose in many ways. And then I had a podcast that I released uh, with Jake Woodard, where we were diving into some masculine and feminine stuff. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what we were able to discover during this podcast is that my core wound was shame. And I was carrying a lot of shame from early childhood that definitely revolved around sexuality and feeling comfortable in my sexuality. And then um, getting married so young, getting divorced, how it impacted my kids, how it impacted myself, families, you know, the whole thing. So I feel really excited to be at this place where I've been doing the work, you know, over the last 10 years. And now it's a matter of me just, um, I guess, finding the right environment to mingle in to meet my, you know, my match. Yeah. And I think the way that we do it, whether it's online or offline, is through community. So mm -hmm. um, even like Twirl, you know, everyone who is there, uh, they're interested in, um, bettering themselves, right? Yeah. So that's environment. You may have a fitness community. You may have a, a meditation group. You may love to mm -hmm. climb rocks and you have that. So I think it's through communities because then it's not about finding a person. It's about finding people who um, have the same values mm -hmm. or the same passions, right? So you're already starting with um, some overlap, some common ground. Mm -hmm. And then if you, you don't have chemistry and you're attracted to the person, then you have something to build on. Right. Another thing I got caught up on was that in order for me to be in a successful, healthy relationship, I have to have my shit together. I need oh, to be healed. I got to yeah. be healed before I can start, you know, doing right. the dating thing. Right. So a couple years ago, um, I had ended a relationship and I was pretty heartbroken, devastated, once again, attached to the outcome of what it could have been. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to date myself for an entire year, not talk to anybody, not get in any kind of relationship, make it very intentional. I even took it a step further and took myself up to Northern California to Mount Shasta area and spent 16 weeks in isolation. Wow. Holy I, shit. I pulled the Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that it was the first time in my entire life that I had ever been by myself. I had five younger brothers, so I was always a mom, then having children young and, you know, getting to this point. And it was so frightening. It was literally one of the most frightening experiences. Those first few days of truly just being by myself and not knowing who I was and what I liked and all of these things, um, was so scary, but I allowed myself to be vulnerable and just feel it and experience it. And then I started experimenting out there and finding things and finding myself. And I fell so deeply in love with myself. It was such a, a very beautiful gift that I had given myself. So with all of this being said, I was chatting with a girlfriend the other day and I was asking, I said, you know, when we break up, we tend to have some weight that we need to shed from the relationship. Do you think that this is an, 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 like an innate protection that's built into us so that when relationships do end, we want to work on ourselves, right? I got to lose the weight. I can't get back out there and take the pictures and put them on the app. I got to look good and feel good. So I'm wondering 
if that's like, you know, the universe's way of trying to secure that time for us to focus on the healing and the, you know, the rebirthing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I agree 100%. Um, I, I tell people, and this is through experience, not through textbooks, that uh, the richest soil for growth is after uh, an expired relationship, after a breakup, after a divorce, because, you know, that's when you actually are able to look back, um, examine the block, black box, take ownership, what happened, um, why did it go, you know, you could actually look inward and, and, and mm -hmm. kind of uh, look at patterns and wiring and all of that. Even when you're talking about shame, you know, um, the fact that, that you had that revelation is huge because now you're exploring um, whether it's, you know, um, wounds or uh, mm -hmm. things that happened that were traumatizing or whatever. Because um, if, you, if you have the shame and mm -hmm. you don't work on that, uh, that's going to manifest in... Um, false beliefs, limited beliefs about yourself. And then that's oh. going to manifest in behavior, which is maybe um, self-sabotaging. Yeah, oh, or, I know nothing of self-sabotage. What are you yeah, talking about? So, but, but, but following the thread down and realizing, oh, it comes from there. Mm -hmm. Well, then now there's a chance of something different, you know? Right. And so I think a lot of that stuff happens um, after a breakup or after an expired relationship where we, we could look back at being like, you know, okay, let's, Let's see what happened. Um, not not blaming, but let's see mm -hmm. what happened with me and why and what do I need to change so I don't have that experience again. Mm -hmm. So you would. So from a coaching perspective, would you encourage individuals who are just getting out of a relationship to create that space for themselves so that they can explore yes. potentially yeah, some and of those. The patterns. whole like you know, um, and I know it's cheesy, but the whole dating yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. This is the whole uh, eat, pray, love. This mm -hmm. is the whole. But it's also what happened to me. You know, I um, after my divorce. Um, the first thing I did was I want to either go somewhere because I've never been anywhere. I grew up in LA, thought traveling was a waste of time, right? Same. I was just chasing after building things. Um, and then I've always wanted a motorcycle, but I promised uh, my wife at the time that I wouldn't get one. Uh, my parents, like all of that, because they're quote unquote, quote, dangerous. And so I was like, oh, I should go somewhere. And uh, my friends were like, yeah, go somewhere. So I went to Italy for the Ooh. first time. That was magical, Florence. Wow. And then right when I got home, I bought a motorcycle, bought my first Ducati. And then um, I got my first tattoo and then I discovered CrossFit, like a lot of things for me that connected me to me that um, I gave myself permission to do things I've always wanted to do that mm -hmm. I didn't allow myself to do. Um, and then that changed me. It shifted something inside me. And what it did was it, it made me trust myself. It made me build a better relationship with me. Mm -hmm. It made me have non-negotiables. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and in that process, uh, that was everything. It, it, I think it, I think it repositions you, and then also when you're on that journey, and then I think you kind of work together with the universe, and suddenly you are meeting people um, that match your mindset or your values or your passions. You know. Mm -hmm. So another story I've told myself throughout the last decade is um, around dating that ultimately I, I can't be in a relationship or I'll lose myself. I'll stop doing all of the things mm. that I love. Hence mm. the weight gain typically that happens. Right. Mm. So why do we humans do this? Why do we, why do we fall into this pattern of prioritizing the relationship and potentially losing our own authenticity in that process. Yeah. One, one of the misconceptions I think about love and relationships is that once you find your person, 
then you could stop working on yourself. All right. Now you've made it to the island. Um, now I found, so now I can let myself go. I don't have to work out anymore after whatever. And then you just get lost in that person. And of course it feels amazing. It, it's mm-hmm. like dopamine, right? It's like a giant love blanket. Um, but now what you're doing is, is destroying the relationship because you came into it as a whole person with mm-hmm. a life, um, and, and passion and non-negotiables and all that. And then now that you found love, you, all the work that you've done, you're kind of, um, letting go, um, I think that when it comes to work, it's like pedaling a bike. If you stop doing it, you don't go anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get on their high horse about doing the work, but they mm-hmm. did it over what a summer and they think they're now like enlightened. And it's like, no, you, you, you do it for the rest of your life and you're still going to snap back. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's like addiction where it's always going to be right here, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so uh, when people say uh, I've done the work, I, I feel like, okay, that's great. That means you started, but there's no end to it. You continue to pedal the bike. You continue to do the work as you change and grow and evolve. Um, so when you have two people doing that, then the relationship is not built on sand. There's foundation. There's people mm-hmm. growing in their own containers, right? A lot of people find someone and then they're like, oh, found love. Perfect. Now I don't have to do any of this shit. And then they destroy their relationship. Right. Yeah. What a great, such a great perspective. I know for myself, historically, I fell into the codependent narcissistic type of cycle. And by the third narcissistic codependent relationship, which was by far the worst, where I found myself in a position of not just physical, it was physical, mental, emotional, and sexual abuse. And here I am like, Mm. you know, thinking, gosh, how have I gotten to this place? So embarrassed and holding a lot of shame. But after that, that's when I decided, okay, here's the thing, Heather. The guys have changed, but the circumstances have remained the same. They've just gotten worse. Mm -hmm. So I had to take radical responsibility by Mm -hmm. looking within and starting to examine what is my attachment style? What are my triggers? You know, what are the patterns that I'm displaying in these relationships? What are my limiting beliefs that are allowing me to embrace self-sabotage in order to basically, you know, um, validate what I thought I expected by Mm -hmm. not having it? And when I chose to go there, it was so frightening having to go there, but then it became such an empowering tool to recognize my responsibility throughout that process and knowing that I have the power and the ability to change and, and break these beliefs and stories and patterns. Um, and I know that it's going to be a work in progress. Like, you know, I'm 44 years old now and it took a long time to get me where I was and and embrace the the old default state. It's going to take continuous work every single day showing up and and asking those questions and trying to be more conscious of where I'm self-betraying or lying to myself or whatever the thing is. Um, So for the individuals out there who have taken the week or the three months and they did the, they read the one book or the, you know, the one course. Walked on um, fire. Yeah. So how do you encourage them to accept that the work is continuous. This isn't a once and done type thing. Um, I think life will let them know. <laughs> okay. As forward. Um, I, 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 I encourage them just because it's, it's, it's uh, the amount of people that I've seen and the amount of uh, uh, 
people that have uh, started self-help or self-betterment or on that path and they drop the ball. Um, I compare it to like fitness, you know, mm-hmm. you could lose a hundred pounds, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But if you don't turn it into a lifestyle, it's going to come back, you know, right. yeah. maybe not all of it, but you have to go to the gym every day and work on your diet. And it's just, it's a way of life. And I think um, it's a very accurate metaphor for, for, for wellness too. And for mm-hmm. self-betterment, um, it's a way of life. You choose to live this way. And you try to find a partner who also believes the same, you know, because if you're meeting someone um, at a point where they are very into like, oh, I'm changing self betterment, whatever, blah, 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 because um, they're, you know, we all hit those, those kind of moments in our lives, um, but they're, they're not turning it into a lifestyle, then it's not going to be consistent. You're going to uh, also be with someone who's also um, going to snap back. You know, mm-hmm. so for the person who has read the book or did the course and they're still feeling, you know, unsettled, they're not sure they know mm-hmm. something needs to change. How do you, what, what advice do you have for them to just not give up and to keep moving forward? Um, I, well, first of all, I think, um, um, there's also this other piece, the other side of this, which is, uh, people putting a lot of pressure on themselves to, mm-hmm. you know, so they'll do all the courses, read all the, the books, everything. And they're, um, expect, expecting to change overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think evolution is a slow process, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, um, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And, um, I would say, uh, you're probably on the right path if mm-hmm. you are seeking change and that's your intention um to not put pressure on yourself and stay there keep moving forward uh keep doing things that excite you and make you feel alive keep building a relationship with yourself if you're doing it hoping like okay i did this and this and this where is this um that's not the right way i don't think it's gonna it's effective i think there's something false about that so if you say to yourself um i worked on myself for two years where's my man or i've done this where you know where's my um, right I don't think it it works that way. I think when you forget that you're working on yourself because it's a lifestyle, Mm -hmm. then stars line up, then you have Mm -hmm. choices, then you meet a lot of people, then opportunities happen, all that, because you start living inside out instead of outside in. Mm, Great advice. Absolutely beautiful advice. So I have a question for you. um, I'm sure you've heard of the term conscious relationship. Mm-hmm. There seems to be, um, I guess, a more of a trend, a movement. I'm not sure what we call it, but I'm hearing a lot more about conscious relationships. What does that mean? I think everyone, I mean, I don't know what it means to other people, but for me, it means um, a relationship where you're looking inward. So instead of blaming, instead of, um, you know, uh, 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 pointing fingers and, and maneuvering with an iron fist mm-hmm. um, or, or just a relationship where you're just chasing the highs, mm-hmm. meaning putting a lot of weight on, you know, sex and, and um, chemistry and physical attraction, which are all important. I'm not saying those aren't important, but if that's where everything lives, well, building a relationship um, requires a lot more than that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, building a relationship co- requires a lot more than orgasms. I mean, it requires communication, vulnerability, everything that's also difficult to do, like show yourself, um, self-expression, all of that, mm-hmm. self-love, self-care. And right. so I think a conscious relationship means to um, practice all of that, to mm-hmm. break patterns. And I think everything starts with looking inward. Uh, and Because when you have two people looking inward, that I think produces trust. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, 
Do you feel that with this app, it kind of supports that concept oh, yeah. of oh, conscious yeah. dating? Yeah, because the questions in the app, um, of course, there are fun questions like what's your yeah. favorite book and all that. Um, but a lot of the questions are are designed for you to look inward, you know, mm -hmm. um, like attachment styles and love languages. And, and you know, uh, there's some really deep questions. There's some light questions, but it's all conversation that gets the, the pot stirring, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that's, that's the beginning. That's what, you know, being conscious, being, it's like making aware of what you didn't know before, right? right. The subconscious conscious. Mm -hmm. um, and th that's when you have revelation. So when you have thousands of people doing that, um, how can, you know, how can we not go with that, you know, flow? For me, it's super exciting. It gives me a lot of hope, especially having a 24 and almost 20 year old daughters. Mm -hmm. I want, you know, them, they're both focused on their own healing journey right now, which I think is absolutely beautiful mm -hmm. um, that they have seen the work that I've been doing and they're like, oh, I, I think I want to try that. Mm. Um, and I see how they're interacting in their own friendships and relationships. And it's kind of like this paradigm shift with their behavior. It's exciting to me to think that we could potentially change this whole stigma we have around online dating. Very well, exciting. Thank you, for, thank you for holding hands with me with this. Thank you for uh, supporting this because I don't just see it as a dating app. I see it as a movement. It is. Um, you know, an app is just one platform, a book is another platform, but it's something that I, I've been talking about for years. I will continue to talk about uh, the way that it ripples outward. I don't know. Um, but yeah, thank you for all your support. And even this, even this episode and this podcast, creating this dialogue, you know, is the ripple of that movement. Well, as I mentioned before, I am a huge fan of your work. I have an immense amount of respect for you. I love that you're a smart ass and you're sarcastic. You're very relatable. You know, when I heard other professionals being true to themselves and honoring who their personality was and letting the, the fuck slip and the bitches and the shits, mm -hmm. I was like, those are my people. I, I can still be a professional and still just be me and it be accepted. And so part of what you have done is give other, other professionals like myself permission to show up and truly be who they are. And I recognize I'm not for everyone and that's okay. You know, I, I'm not striving to be for everyone, but I know that there are many out there who connect with my, my style, my personality, my, you know, potty mouth. But, um, Anyway, so I'm, I'm very proud of the work you do, and I see how much it's changing individuals' lives. Reading your posts give me a lot of hope. Watching your stories, I laugh thank with you. you. Congratulations on the birth of your daughter. I yeah, think that that's you. You know, beautiful, and um, I'm excited to see where all of this goes for you. I think that really amazing things are headed your way in terms of the vision and the movement that you are mm -hmm. creating. You Thank have, you so I appreciate that. That means a lot. You know, when you're building things, uh, you don't know how it's landing for people. You're just kind of a mad scientist. And, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, well, you know, you never know it's, it's, um, it's the internet. So yeah. uh, I don't know, but, um, but thank you. I appreciate that. So real quick, I do have a couple of technical questions for yep. you around yep. the Let's Twirl app. Yep. I know right now you've got like somewhere around 23 plus hundred people who've yep. already downloaded the app. Yep. So congratulations. That's like every individual's dream. You want at least, you know, a, 
a group of people, not just one joining. Yeah. So to have that many join in such a short time, I think should validate the need for this kind of tool mm -hmm. in the dating culture. So that's got to feel really good. But as the app continues to, um, I guess, grow, will it filter for locations? Like as yeah. you're populating, it'll start filtering. Kind of talk to me about what the goals are with that. Yeah, the dream is, um, and so right now it's, uh, it's still pretty blank because uh, we don't know how people are going to use it. Um, there's a gazillion features we're probably not even unaware of that are going to happen, but that's, a, that's an obvious one. Yes, it's mm -hmm. going to filter to the location. Okay. Uh, so you're not you know, in, investing in someone who lives in Australia if you want to find someone in Laguna, right? So right. that we're working on. Uh, and also further down the line, we want there to be um, – um, machine learning. So the app starts to learn um, through your answers who you are and what kind of person you want, and it could recommend other people. So that's that's our ultimate vision. Um, wow! But the technology is there, so uh, it's not in it right now because it's also mm -hmm. very expensive. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, but we want to build that out. So when you have thousands of people, um, it starts um, getting through AI. It's mm -hmm. going to start um, knowing who Heather is, what she wants, what she doesn't want. And so when it starts matching you, um, it's not going to be done through uh, your aesthetics or just mm -hmm. that you want someone who's 6'2 and drives Ferraris. But um, <laughs> not that that's what you want. But um, through your answers. I prefer your, Harley. Oh, Harley. Okay. But through your truth, it's going to uh, tell you, hey, we have, we have someone else based on your answers that we think might be good for you. And wow. So, that, that's impressive. I can't wait to see how things grow and turn out. It's in its infancy. So I also, I also probably don't have answers. The whole thing, you know, could be over next week. I don't know. Um, hopefully it keeps going. It's not going uh, to be. I know there's a tipping point, but 2,500 2, right now, it is a lot of people, of course, if, if you put them in one room, um, but it's not a lot of people when you think about how many people are on these apps. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of people for it to kind of get going and for people to kind of come out of the woodworks and start showing themselves and all that. Absolutely. But I think it should be validation for you that within launching, you're able to already build that platform with a 2,500 user base in such a short time. I, I think that if you, you know, if I were to ask you, John, in the pit of your gut, what does your intuition truly say about the potential of this app? I think that you... I see the passion. I feel the passion. And when, when you feel that inside with, and, and be able to create what you have from that, people are going to be drawn to it because there is a need. You are, you've identified a need and you're providing a solution that people can feel really, really good about. I hope so. I hope I, so. I really, I, yeah, my, my uh, psychic abilities tell me that this is going to be a movement. Like mm -hmm. the vision said, it's going to be something very successful and it's going to help a lot of individuals out there oh. find potential, um, not just mates, but even friendships, lifelong friendships. Yeah, that's the other thing. It shouldn't just be mm -hmm. mates. It should be right. friendships you know, any kind of human collision that's meaningful uh, is a success. Right. I know what it was I was going to say. When I pulled up my phone to record that first video to launch, I literally have never had so much intimidation. Yeah. I pulled it up and I was like, wow, this is actually scary because we are so used to hiding behind the pictures and the things. Yes. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yes. Like, and this you know is what? me. 
that's also going to be a huge barrier, but I think um, now's the time that people are going to push past that. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, no one would do this. Right. Well, right. And, and in that moment when I kept, you know, putting the phone back down, pulling it out, putting it down, pulling it out, and I'm going, just freaking do it. Like, mm-hmm. come on, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, yeah. you put yourself on an Instagram story every single day, but yeah. you're having resistance to a- ask a question and put yourself out there to a community yeah. Yeah. that is probably going to be pretty in- inviting and welcoming. <laughs> so just the, yeah. uh, you know, the little limiting belief in my own head um, around that, that part. But well, once I did it, it was being easy. A part of the community, and I, I hope. Uh, um, if you and, and if you're not, I'm going to keep calling you out. I hope that you continue to uh, engage in dialogue, ask ask and answer questions, and, and just absolutely be part of this. I would love that. Honestly, mm-hmm. I would be so so happy to support you guys in that. I truly believe in this effort. Mm-hmm. I love I love the angry therapist. So many people love you. Thank you for showing up and being you and just being raw and authentic and giving us hope and not being scared to show the ugly sides of, you know, all of it. So yeah. thank you. Thank you very much. And I uh, hope you have a great, uh, what do you say, Friday? Have yeah. A great weekend. Yep. So where can the audience find you? Uh, just at the angry therapist, I guess. Um, okay. I'm, I'm pretty much um, I'm the most active probably on Instagram, but. Just okay. And then cool. as far as downloading the app, how can the audience get their hands on this app so they can start twirling and giving it a try? Yeah. Just go to let's twirl.com. Okay. Fabulous. And Android and iPhone. So we, we got both of those. You guys covered. Awesome. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. And the listeners, if you guys aren't following him, get your asses over there and hit follow. You will not want to miss out. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever asked yourself, why can't I stick with it? Do you often get stuck in cycles of trying to make changes for a healthier life, but then end up right back where you started? I want to introduce you to my eight-week coaching program, Retrain Your Brain, designed to help you break emotional patterns, stop self-sabotage, and develop conscious behaviors for a healthy lifestyle. Enrollment for the next program is officially open. We start October 28th. And if you head to heatherderanja.com or find the link in the show notes, you can use the code HEAL25 until October 3rd to get 25% discount on the program. This program is the roadmap to expanding your health, happiness, and consciousness. If you're tired of starting over or you have been on a healing journey for a while but you feel stuck, then come join me in the program. If you're ready to build better beliefs, overcome chronic stress, anxiety, and depression, release the attachment to your pain and heal your subconscious mind to stop self-sabotage so you can truly thrive, then this is the program for you. Click the link in the show notes or go to heatherderanja.com to register and make sure you use the code HEAL25 to get 25% off until October 3rd. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.